0: Hello and welcome to Imagine America Radio, a service of the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing Company. My name is Bob Martin, I'm the President and CEO of Imagine America Foundation. In the last 20 years, Imagine America has provided scholarship support and tuition assistance to students attending career colleges all across this country. The purpose of this podcast is to promote technical and career education and to inform the public of career opportunities that are not just in high demand, but essential to the American workforce. We hope you will enjoy today's podcast.
1: This episode is sponsored by CourseKey. Does your career school track student attendance and skills using pen and paper? If so, you may be experiencing delayed and inaccurate data, resulting in late R2-T4 calculations, tedious backtracking to verify student data, and students dropping out unexpectedly. With CourseKey's revolutionary mobile attendance solution, you can instantly collect student attendance in any environment, whether online, on ground, or off-site. and view data in real time through simple dashboards. CourseKey also integrates with your SIS and LMS to eliminate updating records by hand and let your instructors and admins focus on what matters most, your students. Visit coursekey.com to learn why over 200 career college campuses trust CourseKey to increase their retention, compliance and efficiency. That's www.coursekey.com. So let's get to our next guest. Hello, and welcome to our second episode of the Skilled Trade Career Series on Imagine America Radio, where we focus specifically on skilled trade careers. Joining us today is David Hyman, the Senior Director of Training at RSI, and O'Neill Fuller, the Lead Instructor of Refrigeration Technology, For their Tulsa Welding School Houston campus. For those of you who don't know, RSI started in 1965 to train HVAC and refrigeration technicians. RSI has added programs for electrical technologies, electromechanical technologies, and welding to respond to the growing demand for entry level electricians, facility maintenance technicians, and welders. The Refrigeration School Inc., or RSI, is accredited by the Accrediting Commission of Career Schools and Colleges. And their mission is to assist learners in the development of skills and knowledge necessary for employment and professional growth. Today, we want to discuss the future of HVAC careers. As a leading provider of education in HVAC programs, we couldn't think of anybody better to call than David and O'Neill with the Refrigeration School. Let's start by telling our listeners exactly what an HVAC technician is. Uh, David, can you briefly explain what an HVAC technician does?
2: Absolutely. An HVAC technician or heating, ventilation, air conditioning, and refrigeration technician is a technician that goes out and makes sure that you have not only air conditioning in your homes or your apartments, but also takes care of any of the refrigeration needs, whether it's your local food store uh, where you want to get your cold food, uh, whether it's a data center or a hospital that has a very large refrigeration footprint, uh, or whether or not they deal with airflow situations, uh, and military installations. The technician's job is to maintain and do preventative maintenance and installation of the comfort systems that we rely on.
1: Awesome. So now that we have a better understanding of what an HVAC technician does, uh, O'Neill, can you briefly explain the career opportunity for HVAC technicians? I mean, you you see these students every day, um, and so I'm hoping right. you can kind of gain some insight here, but what is the Bureau of Labor Statistics say about the demand for HVAC technicians, maybe both nationally, but also within Arizona?
3: Well, um, overall, the HVAC career is expected to grow 5% from 2020 to 2030. Um, in the same time, the span of 2020 to 2030 job growth is expected to be, what, 21% um, in Arizona alone. So if um, in this trade of um, HVAC, um, there's a lot of opportunity where people can grow and um, take their life to the next level.
1: Yeah, I mean, I knew HVAC technicians were in high demand, but I didn't realize the job was approximately 21% from 2020 to 2030 in Arizona alone. That's great. Yes, that's that's great. Okay. Well, I have sort of a three-party question for you, O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Uh, with being in such high demand field, should someone go to school to learn how to become an HVAC technician? And what would you say to someone Who says they can just learn how to be an HVAC technician through an apprenticeship program or maybe their mom or dad taught
3: them? The thing about it, you can learn the trade out there without going to school. I can tell you about that because I did that myself. The thing is, I realized when I went back to school, I I realized I was making a lot of mistakes that could be prevented if I did know better. So I can um, attest to that. That um, school really do help. Um, when you go back to school, the teacher, the ins and out of the trade, the right way to do stuff. Unfortunately, sometimes we do stuff and it work, and we don't even know how it work. All we know, we touch a button, or we change a wire, and it works. But when you go back to school, I understand what what it really takes to let it work. So I would recommend it.
1: Yeah, I would. I would just add to that. You know, like the 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 teachers. own experience having been Mm -hmm. in the field can save you a lot of time and hassle uh trying to figure something out because the teacher has likely already run into that issue before they know exactly what's going on like to your point they know they can tell you what is going on why it's not working why it's uh, not working, and explain why it is you do it rather than just somebody telling you this is what you do yes sir all right now let's talk about length of program how long is an hvac program and what does the curriculum look like? You know, what, what types of classes are taught in the HVAC uh, and refrigeration program? I'll leave this one up to you, David.
2: Okay, so basically our RT program, our refrigeration technology program is a six month program. We start all the students off in a class called Fundamentals of Electricity, where we help the students become smarter, not debtor. Essentially teach them the respect and work around electricity. Additionally, we go through 17 of the most common electrical control parts that you're going to use uh, in HVAC systems. We go through motor motor troubleshooting, compressor troubleshooting, and the students learn how to use their multimeter, which is a meter that takes voltage, current resistance readings, uh, as well as temperature and uh, capacitance readings within that class. When they graduate that class, they'll go to refrigeration technologies or fundamentals of refrigeration, where we cover the other 15% of the issues you might see out in the field. About 85% of the issues in the field are electrical, which is why we put such a huge emphasis on it. Uh, 15% is the mechanical side. Uh, We teach these students how to evaluate a system that is completely welded up. We call that hermetically sealed and know what's going on just by looking at the pressures And the temperatures within the system. Hmm. We then go into our phase six, which is our comfort systems residential. Where we now we build on the experience and knowledge that they gained in the first two phases and we introduce them into gas heat and heat pumps and a little bit into oil heat. They uh, leave phase six, they go into phase seven, which is comfort systems commercial. Now we can help them get their universal certification, which all technicians need in order to work on systems that contain refrigerant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we teach them how to braze. We teach them how to remove and install compressors and motors. And we teach them uh, variable refrigerant flow systems, uh, PTAC systems, mini splits, and how to do electronic troubleshooting on like seven or eight different lab boards. Mm-hmm. When they leave phase seven, They're then gonna go into our advanced troubleshooting. Our advanced troubleshooting class basically takes all the prior knowledge and forces a student to be able to show the instructor that they truly understand the fundamentals and the basics of refrigeration. It includes timed troubleshooting where you have two and a half minutes to find an electronic problem or electrical problem with the system. It now expands the mechanical troubleshooting to the 20 ways systems die a horrible screaming death, (laughs) and it introduces airflow, which is a critical component that's often uh, overlooked in schools. The very last class is called refrigeration principles, and basically what it deals with is all of your low temp. So now we're talking about reach-ins, walk-ins, we're talking about ice machines, Mm -hmm. we're talking about chillers, uh, anything that keeps food or medicines uh, cold and ready to utilize.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty extensive. It sounds like a full gamut of everything you could possibly want to know about refrigeration. That's great. Um sticking with, with David, what what are some new techno technological innovations in this industry and how have HVAC and refrigeration units added in computers and digital technology, which I know you, you really you kind of just touched on a little bit, but why is it so important to train students on this new technology for these units?
2: Well, the reason being is because technology changes. So one of the advantages our graduates have is they can come back and sit back through our class, any class that they graduated from, and we offer that to them for a lifetime benefit. Great. As technology changes, as we get uh, more and more smarter, uh, communicating type systems, Mm -hmm. There seems to be a customer demand out there where everyone can talk to every component within their home, even when they're not in their home. All these technologies need to be covered. Something as simple as uh, a smart uh, thermostat that allows you to program it for the times of day you're not going to be there, uh, all the way up to a self-communicating system, which varies its uh, energy use based on the need of the environment. Hmm. So as these technologies changed, our partners in a field, our employers come and visit us twice a year and they tell us this is what they're seeing. Additionally, there are six members of the RSI staff here in Phoenix that are still licensed bonded contractors who go out after work and work and install the brand new systems. So it's critical to these new communicating technologies.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, major companies, they want to know exactly how much it costs to keep things cool. I mean, that's a huge budgeting piece of, you know, how they start the year every year. And uh, that's really cool. Um, Okay. O'Neill, I have a question for you. What's the difference between commercial and residential HVAC? Uh, You know, what, what are the different types of careers, I guess you could say between commercial and residential?
3: Right, there's a um, couple of differences. Um, example, um, residential. That's when we talk about um, we the home that we live in. So like the homes that people live in. So we mostly deal with um people at their home. Um, so that's one of the simplest definition. And then for the commercial, we deal with like um, the workplace. So that's where we do go to work. So big rooftop unit, you're mostly on the roof or somewhere. So those are some of the simplest um, example.
1: Are the units basically the same or are they, you know, much larger on commercial? I mean it's- much
3: larger on yeah. commercial. Um, so basically residential from zero to five ton and then from five, five ton to hop, we'll consider like commercial and commercial units. So gotcha. you'll have bigger component, bigger parts, but um same refrigeration Princi- principles, right. but just bigger component. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Now sticking with you, O'Neil. Um, what are some of the career options for HVAC and refrigeration uh, and electrical graduates that you're seeing?
3: Okay, um, a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> most of our students um, they will start off as an entry level um, helper technician or installer, and um, depends on how fast they learn the trade, then they can step up into um, service tech role. And uh, most of the time, the beauty about this trade, it's most of the time it depends on the student how fast mm-hmm. they go through the ranks. The more you learn, the better you are. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I love this trade. It's It kind of, um, I would say an individual basis. Yeah. So it depends on you where you end up in the trade. So um, you can start out as an installer, the next couple of months you become a what, service tech. So there's um installer, service tech, um. Um, controls. You can get into controls. That's when you're a more senior level techs. So it's a, there's a lot of different opportunity for students.
1: That's great. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, some of your students and, you know, I'm sure that this has happened in the past that they get into the role and then they decide, you know what, I think I could maybe slide into a more of a manager role or, um, you know, sort of moving outside of just their, the trade uh, and sort of right. into... Different opportunities. I mean, a students,
3: um, yeah, a lot of students try to do that. Um, when you come in and get introduced to the trade, sometimes you don't know which way to go. And then by the time they get to the what fourth four, or five, fifth class, they make a decision whether they want to go residential or commercial.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as we're talking, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what what is my um perception of an HVAC technician or what what first comes to my mind when I think of that? And I usually think about somebody that has their own van, whether it's their own company or right. they're a contractor. And I'm sure you have students that end up starting their own company and have their own van and maybe a couple of employees with a
3: van. Yes, uh, eventually, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it might but be. But that's a, good a goal. One.
3: Most of the time, that's a goal. Um, right. most people want to own their own business, so that's this is the starting place to sure. go to. Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're pretty entrepreneurial, you know, by nature this would be a great career path for you because you get the skills that you need to learn to be able to do it. And then you can teach people how to do it and you know, right. start your business. That's, that's sure. great. Um, okay, now let's say that I'm a student and I'm interested in an HVAC program. What are some things that you think I should be looking for? Because it seems to me uh, that it's important that a school is accredited uh, but what else should I be looking for? Should I be looking for flexible hours, uh, school hours? Should I be looking for teacher experience, uh, maybe relationships with employers? I know that's a big one. Um, can you give me sort of a checklist of things that I should be looking for in a school that offers this program?
3: So basically accreditation. Some are, of some are the points you touch on um, is great. Um, teacher's experience. Um, because if you have the best teacher right that's where you want to go so teachers experience is a plus um how long the school been around how long the school been open um our placement rate do these guys when they graduate from the program do they get a job so Mm -hmm. those are some of the stuff um that we're looking to pay the lab a visit check the lab out yeah so you can get a tour to see what are you going to working on what's the background of the school and all them stuff so uh those are some good points The
2: main thing is, uh, what is the return on the investment? Mm Right. So we hear oftentimes with the uh, non-skilled trades, those who end up going into uh, universities, they end up paying a great deal of money for degrees that do not Mm -hmm. necessarily translate into a great return on investment. You have a lifetime placement and students need to understand that there's a vetting process around what that placement really looks like. So in order for us, according to the ACCSC accreditation, to get a student placed, the student has to let us know who they're employed by. We have to contact the employer. The employer must get back to us with a job description and that job description must absolutely translate into one of the technologies we offer. So last year we were at over here at RSI in Phoenix, we we're at 91% placement. Wow. So I put that out there for any college to even come remotely close yeah. uh, with those numbers and you're they're not even required to publicize what those numbers
1: are well you're you're preaching to the choir over here, brother.
2: <laughs> yep
1: yeah, it is uh, definitely unfair and uh, I see why they that uh, maybe they may not want to put their numbers up because um, <laughs> I myself went yeah. to a traditional school and ended up getting a degree in political science. And now I'm doing a podcast. So, you know, you tell me how that translates. (laughs) So, but, uh, but Hey, listen, we, we deal with high school counselors and parents all the time. And some of these individuals may be looking for ways to guide their students or family members into a career that's the right fit for them. So what would you say, uh, O'Neill, you you know, you, you deal with students a lot. So what would you say, are two to three personality traits to make a great HVAC technician that might help identify people that are a great fit for this career?
3: First on, first one, I would say they like to use their hand, want to yeah. work with their hands. Right. The next thing um, they need to understand, this is not an office job, so they'll be out and about on the roof, deal with a lot of different temperature outside in the air. Um, and basically, if you like dealing with people, Sometimes that's a plus. And if you don't like dealing with people, you can get commercial job where you don't deal with people that much. So um, those are some of the benefits on the trade, I would say. But you have to be able to want to work with your hand. And the next thing to to willing to study, information. In our trade, information is key. All right, so um, I would think those are some of the best trade. Anything
2: you
1: want to add to that, David?
2: No, I think... Uh... O'Neill hit him right on the head. I think the only thing that I would add is that it's important for any technician or anybody thinking about the skilled trades, you need to remain hungry and humble. Hmm. You need to remain hungry, to O'Neill's point, because the technology changes all the time and you need to be able to adapt with it. And you need to remain humble because, first of all, no one can know everything. Hmm. And if you're humble and hungry, those of us who've been doing this for a very long time and learn from our failures,
1: will help you. Exactly. Yeah, that is well put. Um, Well, hey, listen, I wanna thank you both for for joining the podcast today. That does wrap it up But for us. Well, thank you both for joining the call today. It's been another great episode of Imagine America Radio, and we're wishing you the best.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Imagine America Radio. We hope you found it informative. For more information about future episodes and the Imagine America Foundation, you can go to our website, imagine-america.org forward slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts and to get information on the many programs offered by the Imagine America Foundation and Imagine America Publishing. Please subscribe today so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. For now,
2: Thank you very much for joining us and best wishes.